Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Travelcast, episode 479. The Travelcast is an audio fiction magazine that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. Well, howdy, partner. You ready to get your West on? Your Weird West? The Weird West event is a special-themed mini-season of the Travelcast, featuring stories that appeared in the most recent Weird West-themed issue of our quarterly magazine, The Tentaculum. We asked writers on social media to submit Western stories that incorporated science fiction, fantasy, and horror elements. Why? Because we think it's cool, and boy did they deliver. Each Weird West episode the next couple weeks will include one of the winning Drabbles from our Quick Draw contest, and be paired with a story. Hope you enjoy it. We're going to start off with Taming the Larva Lands by winner Matt Blairstone. Here goes. It's always a rancher, it's always a rancher's daughter. Maggie sighted, fired clean, split the maggot's head in two. Now get, she hissed. Little girl. The runaway daughter, just a slip of a subamago, looked confused, dripping in ichor. Grease quick, a mayfly swooped and hooked the girl around her prothorax, lofting her mucosa bound. Fuck, maggot, that's my month's salary, Maggie roared uselessly. They were already pinpricks in the air, wingbeats from returning the runaway to her rich daddy. Bottom side quivered. Maggie reloaded and brazened the worm rising from the ulcer. No good deed, etc., she groaned to herself. An angry natives to boot. And onto our feature story, Head Hunting by Avery Margariti. Avery's a queer author and pushcart nominated poet with a fondness for the dark and the darling. Avra's work haunts publications such as Vastarian, Asimov's, Luminility, Arsinka, Eye to the Telescope, and Glittership. She lives and studies in Athens, Greece. You can find Avra on Twitter at Avra Margariti. So without further ado, we bring you Headhunting by Avra Margariti. The tinfoil sun scorched the desert road as a figure rode on horseback, carrying a disembodied head by its long hair. You could let me go, you know, said the head, which belonged to an old man. If I do that, you'll dine on dust, came the headhunter's reply, and I won't be eating tonight at all. Better than going back there, lamented the head. I remember the day. The headhunter looked in the direction of the town, although the old man was currently in no possession of fingers with which to point. The sparse wooden buildings resembled stage props in the hazy horizon, as if a strong gust of wind would send them crumbling. Have you always been a headhunter then? 
you're talkative for someone without vocal cords. Still, the headhunter considered the question, even as the old man's errant head fell silent near the outskirts of town. Had he been anything else before he was a headhunter? Was he ever a runaway, a dreamer? Best not to think too much, especially with a job in hand. Wistfulness had a way of latching onto people in the desert, like vultures onto carry-on. Loneliness, too. Children played outside the saloon and the sheriff's office. Instead of a ball, they used one of their small, pigtailed heads. The exposed neck bone gleamed diamond white in the sunlight. It was fine. Children's heads still came on and off easily enough. Their bones would harden as they aged. The children's restlessness would either settle or give the headhunter more jobs in the future. The old man's family lived across the town square. The headhunter tied his gravy mare to a post and made sure she had clean water before knocking on the rough-hewn wooden door. Oh, thank you for bringing him back home, cried a woman. From the doorway, children peered at their grandfather's scowling head. Come in, we have his body and your bounty right here. The headhunter placed the coins inside the pouch affixed to his belt. The woman poured him a whiskey and offered him a washcloth with which to clean the gritty sand from his spurred boots and cowboy hat. The old man's body sat at the kitchen table, meek and motionless. The body was nothing like the head, which had been happily hopping between the cacti toward the mountains and what lay beyond until the headhunter lassoed it earlier today. When his daughter screwed his head back onto his neck, the old man sputtered and spat petulantly. I hope you're happy. Now I'll never see anything outside this godforsaken town. Dad, sighed the woman, twisting her apron in impatience. You're lucky the good hunter here caught you before you crossed the mountains. Don't you know it's no man's land out there? When the man's glare showed no sign of fading, the headhunter tipped his hat and took his leave. He mounted his horse, riding toward the burnt sienna landscape of sagebrush and canyons, toward no man's land. Beyond the town, the desert road and the mountains, dust and sand turned to eraser shavings. The rest of the world stretches into a blank canvas. It's a thing in progress, an incomplete picture drawn by a small child. Crayon canyons, macaroni railroad tracks, a sun with each ray separate and distinct, like the spokes of a carriage wheel in ochre and rust. This world's godling hasn't yet decided what to do with the old west town they've created. More and more, the godling's dreams accidentally seep into the towner's heads, filling them to the brim with wanderlust. It's the headhunter's job to ensure the disembodied heads don't reach no man's land when they stray. Night falls quicker here, where the stars are felt-tipped dots, white and equidistant. The headhunter lies on his back over empty, black nothingness. He raises his flask to salute the paper moon wearing the face of the godling. Hurry up and create something new, he says. People are getting bored fast. The crinkled paper moon doesn't reply, but that's okay. The headhunter is used to his own echoing voice. Even the coyote song is quiet out here. I have an idea for you in the meantime, he continues. How about a second town where it's the bodies who run away instead? Then there'd be a body hunter riding around too. Then I wouldn't have to be alone, he thinks. <laughs> wouldn't that be something? He rasps with laughter deep into the desert night. The gibbous, godling moon winks in mirth or in thought.
Tristan Tolhurst. Our program is brought to you by Nicole Neely, Bo Kyer, Jocelyn Gerwig, Sean Gentry, Melissa Knight, Wyatt Scott, Joe Pietris, Just a Slip of a Sub Amigo, Oren Pratt, Bart Epstein, Anna Rose, Maria Lovett, and yours truly, Norm Sherman. Reminding you, it's fine. Children's heads still come on and off easily enough. Well, I know it's real. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.